lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf, filling out mock drafts leading up to the actual draft in April, filling out March Madness brackets that are going to be dumpster fires within the first weekend of the tournament here. But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a wash party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese, sauce, and other toppings and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Good morning. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Bullock Jr. That's me. With me, shaking off the holiday weekend, as always, Brandon Newman. Brandon, did you survive your day without daycare? I did, but I, I didn't drink enough water, to be quite honest with you. You know, those days when you didn't drink enough water, you kind of feel it near the end and, and the next day. Yeah, so, no, it's, you, you pay dearly for that one there, man. You fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. That's day one stuff. They don't tell you how much water you'll need to drink when you get past 30. Like, obviously, you always should, already should be drinking water. I'm not a big soda pop uh, consumer in any ways. I pretty much keep it to water and liquid IV when I want to get saucy. But you got to pound that shit. You really do. I, like, also, it's one of those things that's tough to say they don't tell you how much water to drink because I feel like now <laughs> that we have the internet so accessible, like, they are technically telling you everything all at once. And, boy, if you can't tell that I watched the Bo Burnham comedy special outtakes last night, let that be a lesson right there that I am just back to dumping the internet as this omnipresent force all of the time. I mean, it is. And, and if you online... It definitely is. So, anyways, it, it I, I digress. Is. I digress. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's going to kind of be the show today. So, it is a Mike and Brandon show today here on Yay. Gojo. We are very excited for that. Obviously, we appreciate everyone who tapped in and downloaded our cookout special yesterday for Memorial Day. Uh, download, subscribe, rate, and review Gojo wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. We always said, and this is a standing rule from here on out, that if you leave a question in the reviews, we're going to answer that thing. So we appreciate when you guys do that. And we got plenty of stuff to get to today. We are going to play a little either-or when it comes to the NBA Finals that is now set. We also know that we've got the NHL uh, next round set, the conference finals there. You've got the East final set, Tampa Bay and the New York Rangers after the beatdown they put on Carolina last night. And Edmonton and Colorado get started up tonight in the West finals, which means we get to see more Connor McDavid. So that is Ooh. freaking awesome. But um, we will also get to that Jock Peterson and Tommy Pham story that we didn't get to the other day about fantasy football getting people slapped out here. And... Mm -hmm. 
do a little get to know our buddy today here since it is just a Mike and Brandon show. We think it's always important to know your teammate, know your buddy. And so we are going to get through a bunch of that. But uh, Brandon, before we do that, we did have a question in here that I thought was relevant to what we've got going on today from Manzicles that says... I might be the only one who wants to hear more from Gojo on lacrosse. I assume a man of your size played long stick, but I'm open to being surprised. Great show also. And while I'm not going to bog everyone down because I don't expect everyone to share my love of lacrosse out the gate, congrats to the Maryland Terrapins who completed their perfect season and won the national championship in men's co- Division One college lacrosse yesterday. But Brandon, the thing I wanted to, to absolutely bring up off the top and make sure we got out of the way just as like a general agreement amongst us who work generally in the sports talk industry and have yep. contib- and contributed to this problem. And I think it's a problem we need to finally put to get bed because I was over at the stadium. It was at Rensselaer Field where the Yukon Huskies play was where the men's final four was this weekend. And when you're in the stadium, you get to see all of the in-stadium entertainment. And so this included things like, and this is not a typo, Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man cam up on the jumbotron and things of that ilk. But we saw in between periods where they went to video board. That was awesome. Like I loved that Brandon and it got the crowd hype. It was both haunting and somehow very soothing to see these people all trying to mimic the things that are out in front of the car dealerships. Yes. But the thing that I really settled on that I feel like we need to address before we go any further the hot dog is the sandwich thing because in between periods they went to the video board and they had canned a bunch of content from players on each respective team where they fed these kids questions and played their answers and they went back on memorial day to the tried and true is a hot dog a sandwich and brandon i don't know if it was the fact that it was side by side with the waving inflatable arm tube band cam just seeing the height of innovation and then us turning <laughs> over the same old thing i feel like we finally got to put that one to rest like we we have all lived long enough to see that debate become the villain if it ever was the hero maybe that's misguided but i think we have to officially retire that we have to do our part in making the world a better place and not engaging in that dialogue anymore i i'm i'm completely i'm completely with that i am completely for that it is a old tired uh why does the chicken cross the road trope that i i think when when Hard questions or one of those like rhetorical questions started to become popular. Somebody got that one and it was like, oh, this is it. Like this is this is the one that will explode and melt a brain. And then now we're just like, you know what? Please. Barely anyone eats hot dogs. Shouts out to your shirt though. You're wearing a Nathan's don't look at me like that. I was just gonna say, what do you mean barely anyone eats hot dogs? We have one of the premier events of every summer in the Nathan's famous hot dog contest that I called twice that celebrates okay. the consumption of tubular meat. Okay. <clears throat> okay. There's the, the Boston Marathon, but people don't run marathons every day. Is no, but people con- run all the time. Like, okay. again, not okay. everyone can be Joey Chestnut or the guy that wins the Boston Marathon, but we can all go out for a jog and slam a couple of glizzies. Listen, what I'm trying to say is, and shouts out to Snoop Dogg, I think he and Oscar Mayer teamed up and they got some some glizzies on sale. They did. We have Snoop Snoop D-O-double glizzies. D-O-double glizzies. Um, But what I'm trying to say is, now we have, in 2022, we have vegan options for things. There's a, a plethora of things on the menu. It's not just straight up 
Frank and beans on the menu or hot dogs. It's, it, it, restaurants have evolved past uh, baseball, high school concession food. And in that day and age, I what, think the what the, like you were going to Ruth's Chris to get a hot dog. Especially, I bet Ruth's Chris hot dog would be good. It'd be good as hell. Get that thing Oscar style. Okay, but uh, what I'm trying to say is, <laughs> we've evolved past it so much so that. People are like, wait a minute, hot dog? What? Like, I don't, I don't think, I don't think hot dogs are in, are in, in play with this new generation of kids the way they were for us and the people listening. Oh, listen, I want to be clear. I don't give a damn what Gen Z thinks about hot dogs. All right. <laughs> they, they've got enough things if they want to leave me with my hot dogs. But I won't even put that on them, Brandon. We've been demonizing hot dogs for so long as a society, even a sports culture. Think about this. When we used to do the spring football game at Notre Dame or anywhere, like you see plenty of people do this with spring football or fall ball on the cross where they'll have the scrimmage and it'll be called the burgers and dogs game because whoever wins is treated to steak and crab legs and all yes. this other stuff and the losers get burgers and dogs. Like that's some sort of slight or consolation prize. Sure, I understand sure. we live in a time where people want to retweet that article at me that shows the truck that spilled over on the highway that had the hot dog filler oozing out of it and it looked like bubble gum and it looked like that stuff on Supersize Me they used to put in McDonald's chicken nuggets. You act Slime. like you're telling me something new. Right. I know what I am doing. I understand what comes with that. I understand the risk. I am a grown-up, and I choose to still engage in that. So please respect my wishes and allow me to consume hot dogs in peace. <laughs> yes, I, I, I understand what you're coming from, and I'm with you. Uh, you know what you don't know, and I don't know what's in hot dogs, and I don't care. Because I, I like the combination of whatever whatever's on the other side of it. I do like a beef one, though. Nice, nice beef rank, uh, grilled preferably. But I say all that. To say, I need to stop saying that on this podcast. That it's an old, it's an old thing to talk about. Hot dogs in general is boomer talk. Hot no, hot dogs are not boomer talk. Hot, hot dog dogs is a are sand- boomer talk. Hot dog is a sandwich is bad. That is a bad thing that we don't need to do anymore. Hot dogs are more probably akin to tacos than anything else. But hot dogs are not boomer talk. Hot dogs are perfectly legal food tender in this society. Still, I don't. I, I don't agree with you. That's why I'm saying it. But I will say this. Uh, Michelle, we got Jimmy John's lunch the other day. And I get the uh, I get the big veggie one. But I, I put the chips inside. Right? And I hold it like a taco or a hot dog. And Michelle saw me taking bites because I want the chips because you don't want the chip follicles to, to fall everywhere. They oh, need yeah. To you get want that little crunch. Yes, exactly. And she was like, why are you eating that like a taco? And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, you're eating that sandwich like a taco. I was like, I'm just eating the sandwich. Like, I think you can only, I don't, I don't like the cross food talk because it's just the sandwich. It's, it's, or it's just the, you know what I mean? Well, like, no, I don't, mean, don't she, tell me I'm eating something like something. Like if I'm licking a hot dog, then yeah, you can say, stop eating that hot dog like a popsicle. But outside of that, like, why, I don't need no cross food talk. Why is that talk. the one exception? She's she's a hundred percent right. If you're eating a sandwich like a taco or you roll it over and now all of a sudden you're eating it like a burrito or anything like that, then yes, you are mimicking that style. She's absolutely right. You can, it can still be a sandwich, even if you're eating it like a popsicle. 
Which, how weird would that be to, like, roll up in the park somewhere and see someone just licking the top of a sandwich that they had punched up? You gotta call the cops. A picnic. A beautiful picnic romantic (laughs) to two high school lovers pull out sandwiches and just get to lick it on their bread. I was in Central Park. I was no. I was uh. I was in Washington. I think it was in Washington Square Park in New York, like a month ago. And now I'm just picturing a bunch of people out there laid out on blankets, licking the like, shit out of these sandwiches. Jimmy John sandwiches, just like taking them and just licking them. Oh my gosh! Oh, happy Tuesday, everyone. I swear we we're gonna talk about something else. We weren't even talk. We had planned to talk about some bullshit, but this wasn't it. Yeah, no, this was this was the bullshit we found though. And sometimes, you know what they say, the bullshit you take is equal to the bullshit you make. And so Amen. we made plenty of it and I'm sure we'll make more of it soon. Leave us as always in the comments on Apple Podcasts when you leave a rating. Our hot dogs boomer talk. <laughs> That's all I want to know. In the meantime, Brandon, we now, as we mentioned, we have the next round of postseason set for everything. We gave you the NHL lineup that's set for the East and West Conference Finals in that sport. And then we know we talked yesterday, we've got the NBA Finals set now between the Warriors and the Boston Celtics. And I wanted to uh, do this, Brandon, because I think there's a lot to get into with this series, big picture. And so I wanted to run through a little bit of either or with you got with you. And just take a look at some of what we got here. Decide the stakes. This is essentially, I think, all topics you could see on first take or something of that ilk. So it allows us to get them takes off in the proper way. You good with that? I like that. Yeah, well, absolutely. Let's do it. All right. So you brought this one up to me earlier. And so I want to explore this as we start to get ready for this. Because we got to set the heroes and villains in this series. For two teams that have been here, the Boston Celtics as traditionally as they have been here. The second most of any team in NBA history. And the Warriors, six out of the last eight seasons. There's still things we got to get to know. Because this is a matchup that we haven't necessarily seen a ton of. So, better motivation heading into this series, Brandon. Either or. Better motivation. Clay Thompson feeling the sting of the slight of not being on the NBA top 75 list that came out during this year. was talked about a lot during the All-Star break. All that good stuff. Or Jason Tatum playing for the memory of Kobe Bryant. We saw it making the rounds that Jason Tatum, according to his Instagram, had sent a text message to the late Kobe Bryant saying, I've got you before Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals, that they went on to win in large part because of his effort. Jason Tatum is one of the guys that's around the league considered a Kobe disciple. You think of him, Devin Booker, and some of those other young players that came into the league trying to model their game after Kobe. So, Brandon, either or, better motivation, Clay or Jason? I'm really, really sensitive to me coming off as a Warriors fan. But I have to say that that Clay top 75 list nub uh, just feels like it's the fuel that gets me going for Clay Thompson. Because obviously he's been he's been vocal about it. He came off that injury. Uh, I think he's had his shooting slumps and things in the past, but he's just one of those things. He was on a trajectory to undoubtedly be – one of the best shooters of all time, probably in the top five. Then he had that big injury, and then that was right around the time when this list came out, and I think people forgot about him. 
I don't want to get into who should or shouldn't be on the list. Anthony Davis should not. Um, but I think at the end of the day, in this season, Clay Thompson's looked at look at the tea leaves. He's probably printed that list on his wall, and he's looking at everybody, and he's like, "How many of these mfers were a part of a dynasty? How many how many mfers are out one one rings with multiple different looks and teams?" I think he's rec- recognizing that this is just a list, the same way that the NBA always saw all these lists that are really just you know, from NBA writers, and they don't really mean anything, but he felt the type of way about it, and I think going out there and winning a ring will silence that. In the 75th year of the NBA, I think that will help him uh, qualm his nerves, and I think Tatum has multiple options or multiple opportunities to continue to channel Kobe throughout his career. I don't think this is going to be the first finals trip for him. No, but I think that it was this much clearly on his mind. And like, I I don't know, it's just a different bond. Obviously, the entire sports world and really outside of that was rocked by Kobe's death. And I I just think a lot of these young guys that had the chance to be around him when they got in the league that had grown up watching him, like it's just such a different attachment. And the interesting part is Jason Tatum for how much he certainly, I think, wants to emulate Kobe in a lot of ways. Like we've seen him very decidedly you know, give up the ball like he did in the last game when he is double team, work through that, make the right play. Like, those are all things that weren't necessarily what we thought of with Kobe Bryant, but I think I'll always take those relationships, that kind of mentor-mentee thing, over the top on that. The Warriors are really good at, like, the Nick Saban-Alabama model of taking even the smallest perceived slight and then acting like it is some sort of, like, warfare waged against them. Like, they create a lot of something out of nothing, because when you're that good for that long, you gotta find new ways to spice it up and keep it interesting. I I just, I understand Clay feeling slighted. He feels like that type of dude. We've seen him pop off when he was on broadcast while he was hurt. He clearly has no issue laying waste to anybody, but I I just think that doesn't really stand up next to the Tatum-Kobe stuff. Now... Brandon. Uh, okay, 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 okay. I understand. Okay, we'll have more. We'll have more chances to talk about this. I know. We got I a, know. We got a few more of these. By the way, just as a reminder for everyone out here, because we've got all of the odds now up on DraftKings for this. Yes. Golden State minus three and a half for the first game, minus one sixty on the money line to win that game, and minus one fifty to win the series. So they're the favorite across the board here. Steph Curry is your favorite for finals MVP. Jason Tatum right behind him. And then it drops off severely from there with Jalen Brown and Klay Thompson. Jason Tatum is plus 170. Jalen Brown plus 1,100. And Klay Thompson plus 1,500. So this appears to be a two-horse race. And then series length. You and I talked yesterday. I had this going six. You had it going five, which... I think five's where the value is. Plus 180 at seven, uh, for seven games, plus 200 for six, and plus 290 for five before it goes to plus 650 for the sweep. So uh, I think you've got the value play there at 290 for the five-game uh, series length here on Definitely. that. So you can check all that out on DraftKings Sportsbook heading into this series. Brandon, let's stick with Clay Thompson, though, here for the next either-or. Better triumph story mm. going into this NBA Finals. Clay Thompson's return from not one but two injuries that's been well documented, tearing up the knee and then the Achilles injury that kept him out for last season when the Warriors really bottomed out as a team, or 
Al Horford, now we know famously getting over that dubious distinction, 141 NBA postseason games played without a finals appearance that was the most that we had seen, and now he is off that list with his first ticket there. So, Brandon, I, for this one, would go right to Clay. I don't really think this one's particularly close. I mean, really? coming back coming back from those kind of catastrophic injuries, and you know this, Brandon, being injured on a team is one of the loneliest things and one of the loneliest places you can be. You're on a totally different schedule. You're rehabbing. You're largely away from normal team activities. That's a mental grind that I think very few people, thankfully, have to live in any sort of way. But anyone who's been through that will tell you it, it is as mentally taxing as anything. And to get all the way close to being back and then have that Achilles drop him out before that season started last year, that could have sent a lot of guys to a place that doesn't allow them to get back to this point. And so for Clay to come back and be the reason in game five that they got over that hump and propelled them into the finals, I just feel like anything with injury tied like that has to be the better one. Clay Thompson here walks in as I think one of the best stories in the NBA this year. I respect that, but people get hurt and people come back from injury all the time. And the the season that Clay was out was kind of a, I don't want to say, I don't want to call it a throwaway season, but it was uh, one of those seasons in the NBA where, you know, X amount of seasons could have asterisks around them. I feel like it was a, it was a fine time for him to be out with whatever was going on with, with Steph. I think the Warriors were still trying to figure things out uh, post KD. I got to go with Al Horford. And I think it's maybe for me, I have a sensitivity, obviously choosing Notre Dame, of going to a championship caliber, championship DNA program uh, franchise and not getting a chance to see that, see that, that big game. You stayed there. You stayed at Notre Dame for for a fifth year and got a chance to be in a national championship game. I'd argue a lot of people who choose Notre Dame are thinking about the NFL as much as they're thinking about championships <clears throat> coming out of high school. But there's something to Al Horford being Al Horford for the Celtics and still not making it. Still, and he he shared. So he was he was on the team with some Celtics players that that came off of winning champ, uh, championships for them. So I, I do think it's it feels better for me. It's a bigger triumph uh, for Al Horford, who obviously said bounced around, uh, left the Celtics, and then came came back. I'm leaning towards that. I, I really I really do think this is a special moment for him in the lexicon or the, the lore of the NBA as a whole. I think he's, he's somebody that everyone kind of roots for, and it's, it's going to be good to have footage of him in the finals. Well, it was one of those things I don't think we expected at this stage in Al Horford's career for him to be able to do this. Like, when he right. ended up going over to Philadelphia from Boston, remember, a lot of that was thought of at that time in the East. He was the one that was giving Joel Embiid problems in the postseason. And so the whole idea was you make Boston weaker as you make yourself stronger by bringing over the guy in the East that had been giving your star players so many problems. And it didn't really pan out like that for a number of reasons. We know Philadelphia has been dealing with maybe larger larger structural problems over there as coaches changed out, the whole Ben Simmons saga. That's not all by any means on Al Horford, but for him to end up back here and to be playing such a prominent role, 
definitely right. definitely starting. matters. Oh, I mean, starting and, and filling out, like, while the stat sheet points-wise last night wasn't anything to wow at or the other night when they um, finished off in Game 7, it wasn't right. wild, but I think he had, like, 14 or 15 boards in that game. He yep. stuffs the staff sheet in a very Draymond Green-esque way, which yes. is going to be wild for this series, but... Yeah, no, he's, I mean, he's played a prominent role and helped get himself away from being known for that. And, I mean, shoot, we see all the time on Inside the NBA on TNT how much Shaq throws in Barkley's face never having won a championship. Like, exactly. it's the go-to in any of those, the insult, yep. the number one thing that gets thrown his way. And it's kind of like when we give LeBron shit for getting to all those finals and not winning every single one of them in the Jordan comparison. Like, Al right. Horford has played in a ton of meaningful basketball in the postseason. It's incredible. It's been a great career for him, but you probably don't want to be known as the guy if you are the person in his case who made it to all that postseason run and never actually got to the ultimate prize. Right, and uh, with a guy like him, a lot of times you'd be like, oh, man, he's really taping up those ankles. He's throwing it out there to try to – this is his last hurrah. It doesn't feel like that. Like everyone's kind of just surprised that he just seems like a LeBron James-esque health-wise. Obviously, you can it's skewed now for his, his Lakers status. But it's like, oh, he's out there. He's blocking 20-something-year-olds at the rim. Like he's, yeah, he's, he's a factor. He's not, I say, he's not just latching on and ring chasing and going for like a late career title on a team that doesn't need him. Like right. he is very much a part of the fabric of this Celtics team DNA. But uh, that being said, he didn't pop his Achilles. And for that reason, I am still going with Clay Thompson here. Like it, okay. it's, it's just such a brutal injury, man. Like, and, and I think I also watched a piece on SportsCenter that was narrated by Steph Curry, and I was like, mm. oh, man, this is so emotional. His splash brother, mm. all those feelings. It's about the vibe, so yeah. I'll give yeah. that one to Clay Thompson. Um, all right, this, to me, is maybe the most interesting question that we've got heading into the NBA Finals. The player whose name gets the most mentions who will not play a minute in this series, either or, Ooh. Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving? <laughs> Woo. Because we have already set the table for this. I think I saw both of them trending in the last few days. Yes. We've seen the Kevin Durant conversation already happening since the Warriors punched their ticket to the finals first. But both of these guys, everyone's been talking about the Warriors made it back without Kevin Durant. The uh, Boston Celtics made it without Kyrie Irving. And I don't think that's going to go away. So either or, Brandon, I'll give you first crack at this. I think I think I I was about to say it a third time, then I was like, Brandon. I'm not gonna I wanna say it so bad. Say it. I think Kevin Durant, because you're dealing with the Warriors first time in the finals without him. Simple as that. I I think that that, that wraps it up. Uh that that Boston Celtics Kyrie Irvin time was one of those nasty ugly times where you try to you don't want to think about the fact that 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 person is over there that person's on that team like it was just it was just nasty because he he forced his way he's he owed lebron an apology let's be real he owes lebron yeah. an apology well, i mean i didn't get pushed didn't, out and didn't he give him one Boston Celtics. yeah he called him yeah whatever but yes i and i think rightfully so kevin durant but as the Brooklyn Nets are still in flux 
and some decisions could be coming out about what they're going to do long term with Kyrie Irving at any point in time. I think that that could be brought up in the broadcast. So, but I definitely think it's Kevin Durant. I agree with you. I think it's Kevin Durant just because he's the better player. Oh, like at the at the end of the day. Katie is the better player. The Warriors, as you mentioned, are the dynasty that we're talking about here. And I think that's always going to be intriguing. Plus, Katie is also just more engaging. Like, we haven't heard from Kyrie in God knows how long. Katie's online tweeting through True. it with us every day, reminding us <laughs> he doesn't really give a shit about any of this. And right. he's just here to play basketball and get tweets off, which yeah. part of me now, now that he's doing it from Maine and not dealing with the burners anymore has a pretty fair amount of respect for if he can really compartmentalize that enough to get online and sling tweets and it not get in there with everyone talking about him as much as they do more power to you on that one man but I think people are going to wear that one out I think we quite honestly worked through a lot of the Kyrie Irving portion of that Celtics thing that year Kyrie got hurt and those guys played LeBron in that Eastern Conference Finals I mean, it was part of the undoing of that whole situation in a lot of ways, but yeah. I thought we dealt with a lot more of that at that time when Kyrie went back and was saging the garden. Like, we, we've been through oh a lot God. of that process. Yeah. The Warriors, just like you talked about, got good again this year after that down season post-bubble. So I feel like now we really are getting to deal with this in a way, and with the lack of success Brooklyn's had relative to expectation, it, it seems to be that's going to be... Probably the name up there. I will say we probably do need to give an honorable mention to LeBron James as well. Like I yes. saw I saw him out here posting. I forget if it was him or Lewis Hamilton that posted the picture of them together. But LeBron is now two of the last three years had off seasons longer than any time really in his career where he's missed the postseason. And this guy just appears to be bored to tears. He's the one that'll probably get his name into some of these conversations just by when he chooses to tweet and be a part of events. But I feel like there's also a fair amount of LeBron defenders that are going to offer up and talk about how this postseason hasn't been nearly as good without him. Hey, if this series is as quick as I think it's going to be, the announcers going to get real creative Talking about they they might get Adam Silver down there to for an interview during the game. Just, uh, the broadcast gonna turn into podcast during these uh, Warrior r- roots or routes. Uh, I know we keep talking about that, but I do want to talk about low hanging fruit. You know the host uh, hot dog and sandwich thing. I, I want to ask you this question, and I think it might get brought up during the broadcast as well. Does KD? Excuse me, my voice cracked. I'm gonna say it again. Does KD? Win another championship? Oof. Like at all. I just said it just because so we were talking. You mentioned Al Horford and like, you know, ring chasing and all and everything that people was uh, 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 giving KD shit about, quite frankly, for a long time. And I was thinking about how good he is. Like you said, he is good. And every, a shoe size away from going to the uh, finals or whatever you can say when it was the uh, – the, uh, when they lost – that great seven-game series against the Bucks a couple years ago. Yeah. He's clearly got it in him still, and it wouldn't be surprising, but, like, does it happen? So what he's so he's 33, but he's going into year, like, 16 or 17, right? Like, he's got a lot of Ooh, basketball true. on him, and we know true. there was a lower body injury in there. Yeah. He's back from that, though. He's played he, 48 minutes multiple times since. I'm That's not, my I'm, thing. I'm not saying he, – oh, he's back from it. I'm just wondering if, like, we've probably already seen peak Kevin Durant, right? Like, in the last – like that – With the Warriors, though. No, oh, I'm saying even 
when Kevin Durant was playing for Brooklyn and they played the Milwaukee Bucks in the East Finals last yes, season, yes, Kevin yes, Durant yes. was the best player in the world. Like, even yes. after Giannis won the title, the conversation was, and I distinctly remember because this is my thought, is Kevin Durant played the best basketball. Kevin Durant almost singularly willed that team past that championship Bucks squad without True. any of his running mates. That was the best player in basketball. And it felt like maybe just slightly we crested over the mountaintop this year as mm. the season wore on. He also succumbed to some injury, which, again, for him and LeBron now, as they go forward deep into their careers, again, based on years, maybe less so on age, though for LeBron, it's it's age as well. Right. You just have to start to wonder if, all right, like these are big bodies. Kevin Durant's damn near a seven-footer with a lower body injury on his resume. Are we going to get to that point? That's a long-winded way of saying... I still think he probably gets one more. I, I think he's too good, and it's just going to be what you mentioned. How quickly does Brooklyn sort out what the hell's happening with Kyrie Irving? Because the picture's been way too messy for there for too long. And if they decide they don't want to keep him and Kevin Durant decides he doesn't want to stick around, that could speed up the process. Because now all of a sudden, if you got Kevin Durant forcing his way out of Brooklyn, shit really goes haywire wherever he ends up instantly becomes probably one of the favorites in their respective conference to win. And that True. all changes. So where are you at on that? Yeah, I, I think I say he wins one more just because I guess what history has shown now, like this version of the NBA now it's, it's a lot of, it's less of the bruiser, you know, Isaiah Thomas, bad boys type of Pistons. Like once, once these elite, like 1%, top 5% athletes and talents in the NBA hit their peak pinnacle, it's less of an automatic downfall like uh, like you see in the NFL with certain players. It, I think it's a little bit of a, a, little, a little walk, a little jot at the top uh, if you are really, really taking care of your business like I think Kevin Durant is. And just because of that alone, yeah, I think, you know, like LeBron James, the NBA circled around him for a very long time. And while Kevin Durant is still in this place where he's still debatably the top, the, the best player outside of a big in the NBA right now, I, I can I can see I can see him getting one more, one more. Yeah, I'd agree. Game much less predicated on physicality, right? Like, we saw right. what a beat-the-shit-out-of-you football series it was in the Eastern Conference Finals. We see what Giannis has gone through as a player. Like, he's going to be fascinating to watch as the years go on because even his offensive style of game is so predicated on running through people, physicality, how he evolves because Kevin Durant, you're right, has never really had a game based on that is a guy who's a much better and more capable jump shooter than LeBron, and we know that's always the last thing to go. So mm -hmm. I'm with you on that one with KD. Um, all right, Brandon, you ready to get to one more? Yes. All right. Either or, better bet for finals MVP. We gave you the odds before. Steph Curry and Jason Tatum, the only ones even close to like a reasonable favorite in this. Steph at plus 110, Jason Tatum at plus 170. Brandon, I would probably say Steph Curry just because we both picked the Warriors to win. Even though, and, and this becomes the complicating factor, is what have we seen for this Warriors squad? We talk about their depth. We talk about how Jordan Poole can go off at any moment, or Andrew Wiggins can be the story. Klay Thompson was the one that closed out the last series. Like, Steph Curry we know is going to walk into this. That may be the other most buzzed about topic is 
his desire to get a finals MVP finally under his belt because we had the Iggy one and then we had Kevin Durant as the best player on those Warriors teams full stop for the second two. This is the one thing that's missing off the Steph Curry career resume when we have these conversations. And so I have to imagine Steph knows that as well as anybody. He's still been the engine that has lifted them through all of the change around this Warriors franchise for the last couple years. So I I think the obvious choice has to be Steph. It's obvious, but it's too obvious. It's like uh, picking the Kentucky Kentucky Derby winner, right? Like maybe we need to be thinking about a rich strike. Like where's – was I think Draymond's plus 1,800. Like – I'm not saying it's going to be the likes of that, but I feel like there's a reason why Steph Curry hasn't won finals MVP. Well, and, I mean, and the, I, the reason was he played with Kevin Durant for two championships. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. But also just like, let's not, for, let's not pretend. I don't want to, I can't just like randomly bring up, I'm, I'm not Nick Wright or whoever else can bring up the numbers right now, but let's not act like, Steph Curry is great in the finals. I think he's he's does a lot of what we've seen from Al Horford, Marcus Smart in the playoffs. I don't want like like no, diminish ab- him. Absolutely not. I will, I'm not going to diminish him. I, I'm going to I'm going to say them. you will not. I'm utter, not. You will not utter Wardell Curry's name next to Marcus Smart and act <laughs> like that's something to do. I will not let that happen. The moment Steph Curry in this finals misses six straight threes in a most pivotal oh moment of the game, gosh. then okay. you have my permission to do that, but not okay. a second well, sooner. I say that to say that they bring he he brings everyone else up. Like everyone else plays up to a level and with that elevation, other players end up shining in the, in the big moments and Steph Curry's a great teammate god-fearing man they're the pat everybody on the back but i think he's missing that kobe like uh i don't know, not lebron like cuz lebron didn't like that either but like that 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 i have to be the number 1 i have to be the best that jimmy butler uh i'm going to get a i'm going to get a, a mvp even if it's on the losing team type of mentality like i don't think steph has that he's just he's just very fluid and, and gets wet at times and i don't know if i don't know if we can just i don't know if in a 5 6 game series like i'm expecting it to be for if steph curry averages uh 23 points that that's good enough to win finals MVP. I just think that now that you have the Kevin Durant lid lifted off this, because remember when they won the first one, we were still getting to the place with this Warriors franchise. Like Iguodala won in large part because Steph was still on the ascent and they had been such a complete team win. That was the appeal of that Golden State Warriors style of basketball. Steph is the known commodity now. Steph is the greatest shooter in NBA history by any record, metric, or eye test. He is also the guy that's been the constant through really the last couple of years of turmoil for the franchise. And as you've had, Clay kind of coming back up to speed. Draymond getting back into what he does, which is stuff the stat sheet, but not really provide that offensive threat and get Jordan Poole and company involved, there has been Steph, and especially through this postseason, when they have really put teams away, it is when Steph starts doing that ignorant stuff at the top of the three-point line where he's shooting through windows that few other people would have the gall to. So I just think that 
he understands now. And you see, the way he goes out and attacks it is with a flair for the dramatic. It is with an understanding that he can send a message when he goes and puts up some of those dagger shots that he does. And I think he's got enough finals moments in him in a series that wraps up in five or six games. Yes, but I do think that dramatics is different than theatrics. And I think he leans towards the theatrics what is what things. is what is that difference though in your mind here because i'm saying he understands i think i he understands moments as well as any player in the nba where okay he knows he can set it over the top if he's at home he can get the crowd to blow the roof off that place he can sense when another team is on the ropes and he is more than happy to go for a knockout blow shooting from just across half court knowing he can completely cut down another team's psyche like he has sure. got that mental portion of the game down cold of course. And here, here's my distinction between the two. Drama uh, is for, in my opinion, drama is for the storylines going into the game. I think the theatrics are for the, those moments that you're speaking of. of just like silence in the crowd, going on a run, like starting a run, finishing a run, like uh, big defensive play, finish it off with, all, with a crazy offensive uh, layup where – the last time he responds to drama, which is pressure, was him coming back from the Oklahoma uh, the Oklahoma Thunder series with Western Conference when they, when uh, Kevin Durant, Westbrook, and James Harden were up on them three one. Like I haven't seen Steph respond to the narrative, the drama, like showing up when everyone's looking at looking at him to show up. I haven't seen him do that in a very long time, and I don't think that's a part of his game. I disagree. I j- just okay. flat, flat. You probably out, know more so. than me, but I, I'm, just, I'm. But you know, I, I, I don't. I, I, I the feel, game, the I, games, the games in Steph's hand. I don't know. I he feel, was just coming off the bench a couple weeks ago. I feel like ago. this is just Lakers fan Brandon trying to more okay. to like emotionally hedge against the idea that Steph would go out here and accomplish while LeBron James is going to be at home tweeting about this. Which, by the way, I can't wait to see LeBron James's tweet tweets about Steph. During the finals, like we've seen him all the way through tweeting about Ja. He loves being a part of the conversation. And I feel like we're back at the point because Steph, while he is going to go down as like one of probably the 10 best players to ever live and is already in that like Tim Duncan verse where we say Tim Duncan's the best power forward to ever play the game. And we leave him over in that box so we Mm -hmm. don't have to have the conversation about him being one of the best bigs ever to play the game, question mark. We're going to do the Steph Curry greatest shooter in basketball so we don't have to have any conversations beyond that and like LeBron James always knows in the way he addresses other players where you stand as credible threat to him like I remember the videos of a long time ago when they're at the all-star game when LeBron's gassing up Steph he's like he gave my point guard three hezzies and he's doing all that fun stuff that stopped a few years later when Steph won back-to-back MVPs and people weren't talking about LeBron nearly as much. And I feel yeah. like now we've come full circle to the point where LeBron's going to be out here gassing up Steph. Remember, they were sharing googly eyes at the All-Star game and he was doing yeah, the was, kids from Ohio thing. Like, he's got the love affair back with him now. I was going to say, now the narrative is if they're going to play together before it's all said and done because I think LeBron has put that to bed and he's starting to he's starting to you know kiss ass a little bit, rightfully so. Uh, this this whole narrative about Steph Curry and LeBron chasing each other, I just I just don't really love because I think they're very two different players. But one thing that they are they they do have in common is the fact that they kind of are a reason why we have positionless basketball. 
right now because I don't really like calling Steph Curry a point guard. Like, I understand that that's kind of, like, that's his thing. It, it is very strange that, like, technically Steph Curry and Luka Doncic are the same thing. Yeah. Like, like I, don't, I don't like that. I don't like that one <laughs> bit. But here's just one, a random uh, tweet on Twitter that uh, speaks to what I was talking about, uh, this uh, LeBron Curry beef, uh, and then we can finally move on. I don't know if people love hearing us talk about basketball. Uh, this NBA Finals is causing a division between LeBron fans and Laker fans because no real Laker fan is rooting for the Celtics because they don't want Steph Curry to get four rings. So this person's implying real Lakers fans would be rooting for Golden State because the Lakers can't possibly historically root for the Boston Celtics, but LeBron's fans who have now come in here as wolves in sheep's clothing amongst the Lakers are rooting against Steph Curry because they don't want him to. Yeah, I say again, like I just don't buy that because I think you're right. Like LeBron's in a different stratosphere. Like LeBron's in the Jordan conversation. That's not where Steph is ever going to occupy space for any number of reasons, but for a guy that is going for his first finals MVP, it's just different. Like LeBron James has been the best player on every team he's ever played on. That's not the same we can say about Steph when Kevin Durant was there. And so as long as that's the case, I don't think that's anything that LeBron fans, Lakers fans, whatever you want to call them, really have to worry about. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> You're right. All right, well, now that we've settled on agreeing <laughs> there, and now that we have gotten our requisite NBA Finals talk here, let's take a Jeez. break and get into the story out of Major League Baseball that we have been dying to sink our teeth into for the last couple of days and better get to know our teammate. Are you ready for the NBA champs to be crowned? Join the finals action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA bet and get $150 in free bets instantly. Looking to turn another small bet into a big payday during the NBA Finals? With the DraftKings Same Game Parlay, you can do just that. This NBA season, a customer placed a $5 Same Game Parlay and won over $5,000. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and then boom, you have a shot and even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code GOJO to make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code GOJO only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Brandon, I know we were busy doing the cookout thing yesterday, but we didn't get to this uh, Tommy Pham and Jock Peterson story, and we have got to address this one because someone getting slapped during batting practice over fantasy football is such a BS Mad Lib Major League Baseball headline. It is tailor-made for our dumbass show. So Absolutely. if you somehow missed this video surfacing over the weekend, Cincinnati Reds outfielder Tommy Pham on Saturday agreed to a three-game suspension after slapping San Francisco Giants outfielder Jock Peterson in the cheek over a fantasy football dispute prior to last Friday's game. There was video that emerged. He literally out in BP, out in the outfield, went up and just, what do the five fingers say to the face? Blam, smack the shit out of him out there. MLB said fam was suspended for inappropriate conduct, which, yeah, duh, slapping people in batting practice, probably not going to go overly well. But what happened after this with Jock Peterson offering up more details on this than any player has ever offered up about anything ever? 
has made this such a phenomenon in Major League Baseball. So true. He went out, talked at length about their fantasy football league, about being in the chat in this fantasy football league, about being accused of stashing players and breaking rules, about a lengthy exchange of the team rules allowed in what was, I believe, an ESPN fantasy league where Jock Peterson was well within his right to do exactly what he did. It then comes out that apparently Jock Peterson also used a meme to taunt um, Tommy Pham and at that time, who was a part of the San Diego Padres for what had gone down on the stretch of their season. And so all of this led to that slap. And Pham told reporters, I slapped Jock. He said some shit I don't condone, and I had to address it. It was regarding my former team, the Padres. I didn't like that, and I didn't like the sketchy shit going on in the fantasy. We had too much money on the line, so I look at it like there's a code. You're bleeping with my money, then you're going to say some disrespectful shit. There's a code to this. He also, I believe, went on to say that I am like a high roller in Vegas, and I'm a, you know... Basically, it tried to insinuate that he gambles a bunch and is a big deal out there. Like, to me, it sounded like the anchor man. I have an office full of rich mahogany and leather-bound books. It was some wild stuff, but Jock Peterson then offers up the actual GIF. He turns his phone and shows reporters the GIF of three weightlifters where I think it was the Dodgers, the Padres... And the Giants and the Padres guy throws up the weight and bashes the head in. He said it was a joke about they had such a great team and managed to sputter down the stretch. And all of this ended in a ridiculous slap. So, Brandon, I, I guess just first and foremost, thank you to both of them. Like, oh, this, yes, amen. This, this is a reminder. Don't ever gamble more than you're comfortable with. Like, you don't need to be over out here slapping dudes in the face over fantasy sports. Like, I understand. Listen, I've played in some money leagues in fantasy. I've played in ones where I've had coworkers of mine get pissy over moves and trades that were made and use that as fodder to heckle in the chat. But that's as far as it's gone. Like, I never had to worry about walking into the edit room and getting cold cocked. Like... There was, and that was a ferocious slap, by the way. Like, he put a full... He put his ass into that. Well, I think that's just a result of how serious fantasy football has become uh, amongst not just football fans and not just uh, football players so we know they're dabbling in fantasy, baseball as well. And if you're going to do some FSH, y'all can see what FSH is. If you're going to do some FSH, then you got to get ready to, to get seen for it. Like, I love that they were so forthcoming with all this information because it just got w- deep into the weeds of like okay i don't really like this dude he tried to play me and my homies and when i saw him i had to let him know shit ain't sweet you ain't gonna do that and i'll take this little suspension i'm gonna smack the shot at you again if you come in there with that little weak ass gift about my padres like i just i feel like i was there i felt like i i i, I applaud everything tommy fam did because if I was in his cleats, I would have did the same thing. You would not have gone and slapped someone over fantasy football, Brandon. If I was disres- if I felt disrespected, I felt like dude was trying. Like it, it honestly that- feels like it honestly feels like another situation of joking to like oh oh you got the wrong one to joke with. No, this we ain't is playing right now. This is when keeping it real goes wrong in my book. Like this is the Chappelle True. sketch to a T where Tommy Pham just crossed the line here over something that was comparatively because again, 
by league rules, Jock Peterson was shown to be in the right. And apparently Tommy Pham left the league not long after that. Like, you just got mad because someone abided by the rules and played fantasy football better than you. But, it, like, it also, you brought up, they were both very forthcoming on this. Because as soon as it happened, I thought, this has to be, like, something else under the surface. Like, there's got to be right. subtext to it. To find out that it was just fantasy football, albeit high-stakes fantasy football, is freaking hilarious. High-stakes fantasy football, and then fantasy's oldest fast time, talking shit in the chat. Like, right. you joined that league and couldn't handle someone playing the game better and talking shit in a place where shit-talking's encouraged? Tommy Pham, I have to question if you really understood what you were walking into. For someone who considers themselves a high roller, I was a little stunned at his reaction to all this. Maybe there's more we don't know, but man, it seems like they have played with the cards up on this one. And if I am grading off what we know, I got to think I side with Jock Peterson here. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm going to let you side with Jock Peterson. All right. Uh, but we, yes, please continue. I'm sorry. I know we're going to get to the slapping. Well, yes. And so this brought up a larger point that I wanted to talk about with you, Brandon, because this to me is a bad reason to get slapped. Like being right about what you did in fantasy football and getting slapped at your job for it. That's bad. Like it's a, it's a pretty bad thing to get slapped for, but I can spin that around and say it's actually a good thing because Jock was in the right. What he did wasn't wrong. What he did at the core wasn't inherently bad. And so I think most people are going to side with him over Tommy Pham in this. And so I would say, all right, all things considered, decent reason to get slapped. There are much worse reasons to get slapped. I have come up with five of them in honor of each finger and what it said to the face. So, Brandon, I am going to present my top five worst things to get slapped for. You tell me if I have missed any, if you would make any changes, okay? would love to. Number five. Being mistaken for someone else or being challenged to a duel. Ooh. Because then you got to go fight for your life. Like, that's a pretty mm. bad reason to get slapped because after you've got to go and, you know, do 10 paces and try and shoot the other person or get shot. Right. So, I like you said or, but I'm thinking and. Like, if you were mistakenly challenged said, to like, a duel. Hey. Right. Like, obviously, I'm sure your dad's pissed some people off in, in, back in his day. Somebody's coming to you like, my Golic Senior, slap. I challenge you to a duel. You're like, oh, shit. Now I got to fight for my life for my dad's life. But it's my life. But it's for dad. Exactly. No one wants that. So I'm glad you combined those two <laughs> because true. I wrote them down and meant to delete one and didn't. And I just had to roll with it like it was all one thing. So <laughs> number five, being mistaken for someone else and being challenged to a duel. Number four, making a really lame G.I. Jane joke at the Oscars. Ooh. My, like it just wasn't that. Like at the end of all of it, Will shouldn't have slapped him. And this is the Chris Rock Will Smith slap. It had to be on the list somewhere. But it just wasn't that good or creative of a joke. And for Chris Rock, who's known <sighs> for being such a funny person, for this now near be near the top of the name association with him, it's a shitty reason to get slapped. It's a bad reason to get slapped. Oh, it should have been man. for at least a better joke. And also like. It should have been a lighter, it should have been a softer slap. I don't think we talked about that enough. Slaps, you can control your power of slap. And I think Will Smith slapped Chris Rock too hard. It made me wonder if Will Smith was left-handed because he slapped him with his right hand. And I will say, as someone who once for a video had to try and like pantomime slap someone with my offhand, Jason Fitz, yes. if you're out there, I love you. I couldn't control it with my left hand. I'm not as like, I'm not ambidextrous. And so I slapped him way too hard with my left hand trying to do that. So Will Smith might be left-handed. 
I like that thing. All right. Number three. Okay. Worst things to get slapped for. In an argument saying, you're just like your mother. Or just like your father, depending mm. on who your spouse is. Because mm. I think that's one of those, like, that's a bad thing to get slapped for because it's a bad thing to say in an argument because you know you're pulling the pin on the grenade. Like, that's a no-fly zone. That's usually something you say right. you know because you want to get a rise. And it's just not a thing and not a place I think you should go in an argument. Like, that's another thing I think we need to retire because that's dirty pool. That's playing below the belt. Yeah, that's that, that is, uh, some would say that's asking to get slapped. That is, that is 100% asking to get slapped, and it's a bad way to go about it. Let's climb to the mountaintop. Number two, calling somebody the wrong name during sex. Oh, my God, Mike. Because you, uh, uh, you get slapped, and then you're not having sex anymore. I, I, okay. I, I, would, I would hope that maybe you would talk about it afterwards. Because sex is important. I mean, it's in a big thing. You know, I mean? it's an important thing. Maybe I'm married, so I say it like that. But like, it's 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 an important big thing. So like, I don't think you should stop because it was a a a, a slip of the tongue, a, a mix up of the name. Maybe afterwards you address it. But yeah, slapping, getting slapped for that—that's bad. Yeah, you would you would, you shouldn't do that. It's just bad because of the ensuing results. It's bad because clearly you're not you know living right leading up to that. Like you got some other things that you got to address with whoever you're in the bedroom with. But it's just all yes, around. All it's, true. It's, it's not a none of the things that lead to that moment and none of the things that result from that moment are good reason to get slapped. It's a bad thing to get slapped for. Well, I'll tell you this because. We prepared for this. We we do have uh, pre-show meetings. I thought I was supposed to write two thing, two things down. So I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in now with my my number two. All right, you're gonna jump in with your number two. Jump in with my number two. All right. Worst reasons to get slapped: saying something smart around your mother. <laughs> that's that's another one. You got to know better. It's not it's not great. And sometimes I guess last time it happened to me, I think I was around my friends and I was like trying to be cute. And I was like, it was a surprise pop in the face because my mom's not as violent. She doesn't do that type of stuff. But like, if you cross the line, like she reminded you that you know you came from her very quickly. So yeah, that's why I brought you into this world and I can take you out. Type flow. And yes, 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 yes. yes. Type flow, type hit, type intensity, all that. So yeah, accidentally saying something smart and then you know getting popped by your mom. Not 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 a great way to get. Not the great way to. Nope. Get the five fingers to the face. Mom is not the one that you want to try in all this. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. All right, you ready to do number ones? Yes. All right. I think I think this is hands down the number one. I think this. <laughs> okay. is, I think this is. You the, haven't heard my number one yet, and it's, it comes from a personal place. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you cook. All right. This number one to me is the dumbest thing that any man can say. It is the dumbest thing that any person can do. Ooh. It is a place that no one should ever go. You should understand this is not your place to ever, ever make this comment. The number one worst thing to get slapped for is asking a woman when the baby is due. Ooh. If it is a person you don't know and if not Mm. confirmed is pregnant, that is not something you ever need to fix your lips to say. Ever. Ever. That is not your place. That is not you. You don't need to be going around here making assumptions about anyone else's body and what may or may not be going on in there or what they're doing right now. That is the biggest no-fly zone on this list. And you deserve every bit of the thunderclap slap someone would try and levy your way if you go down that road and get a bad result. 
I got chills. I honestly got chills when you said it because there's been certain instances where I've been in that seat and I've looked and I was like, Brandon, don't you say a word. You don't know nothing about this lady, about none of that. You, you don't, don't speculate. Brandon, this woman could be holding baby books, carrying bags of diapers, pushing a stroller, coming back with a fistful of binkies. <laughs> not saying a damn thing. Not, not saying not, a not damn even, Not even going near it. Word. I th- okay, I'll give you that. That's yours. Yours is definitely, yours is definitely, um, yours is definitely number one. Uh, I'm going to give you my, 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 this is my 1A. All this right. is my 1A. Because it's happened to me once. Growing up, kid. You ever been to a wave, uh, uh, a wave pool? Oh, hell yeah. Ugh, sick. Those things are so great. It's just, just it's just kid soup. <laughs> It really is kid soup with band-aids as 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 uh, seasoning, and you just kind of about and a bunch <laughs> of I mean it's it's band-aid shit and piss. Oh my gosh! I don't think about the pee in the, in the poop. I refuse to think. You about don't think about the pee every time you go no. in a public pool. It's just Mm-mm. pee. It might be seventy five percent pee. If the earth is seventy five percent water, then a wave pool is seventy five percent pee. That is, no, I'm not getting into this. Listen, okay. So, I okay, I'm just saying. Worst reasons to get slapped. Accidentally brushing up against a woman's bosom. I'll say that again. Accidentally brushing up against a woman's bosom. So, 10-year-old me is at a splash park. And I'm driving, I'm jumping in the waves. And I know you know that one time where you got a big wave coming and you make a big jump and you turn and let the thing ride you and you don't know it's where you're best. going. You it's just, the best feeling. <laughs> you just wide the, Well, guess what? I landed in a very soft landing spot. It was a very a, a very chesty woman uh, with her Tweety Bird Moo uh, Moo nightshirt on, probably by 5 to 6X. And I landed right, right in between the pillows and I, before I can even get my, understand, wipe the stuff out of my eyes, I got smacked. And I didn't know what was going on. Her kids were surrounding me. She's like, this little pervert just touched me in the titties. This is so part. And I was like, no, man, I, the wave. I just, I was, so I'm still traumatized a little bit from it. I can tell. Uh, getting smacked for, for landing on some lady when I wasn't trying to land on some lady. And I think that that is, that really is bad. Because you don't, you didn't mean it. No, you're just a kid lost in the wave pool. Like... Just, and just riding, literally, quite literally, riding waves. I, I got out of, I got out of the wave pool at that point. Like I didn't, I wasn't going to risk it again. Well, yeah, it may have been the last time I've been in a wave pool. To be honest with you, I can understand that. That's a traumatic instant. You got hit in the wave pool. I wouldn't want to go back in there either. Because <laughs> now you're assuming got, you bump into anyone for any reason. You get popped. Got hit by, got hit by a wave, and then got a nice wet slap across the face. Not fun. Damn, not a fun way to finish that off. All right, that's. A solid list of the top five worst reasons to get slapped <laughs> in honor of Tommy Pham and Jock Peterson and what went down in Major League Baseball over the weekend. Brandon, as we finish this up before we get to this, that, and the third, we talked about it. This is Mike and Brandon Day on the podcast. We'll have plenty more yes. great guests as the rest of the week goes on. We're always excited to talk to our friends. But every once in a while, it's nice to you know get around here and check in with our buddy. We think everyone should check in with their buddy. That's part of, best part of being teammates is... Doing that. So if you're listening to this podcast still right now, call one of your friends that you haven't talked to in a while. Check in on them. Make sure they're doing okay. See what's going on. Tell them they should listen to this podcast. Yes. 
Yes, make sure you give do y'all that. something to talk about. You have something in common. Let us yeah. be the thing that gives you guys a new thing. Adult friendships are tough. We want to be that binding agent for you. Yes. And in the meantime, we always want to make sure that we are doing right by ourselves as teammates. So, Brandon, you picked out a couple of newlywed question uh, questions for the two of us because, again, we've known each other for a long time. We also haven't lived near each other, haven't worked near each other for the last six and seven years. So while we've seen each other, talked to each other then, there's still some things that might be missing. And so we wanted to see where we were at on all these different things. So, Brandon, you want me to read through these questions? We each answered these questions without telling the others. Yes. Yes. And we if are- you guys aren't familiar, uh, if, you're, if you're not a boomer, if you don't understand what we're talking about, the newlywed game is a game show. You, 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 it's it's a relationship builder. It's a, it's a it's an illuminator. Uh, so we got the newly pod game. Each each you know what I'm saying? each podcast host is asked the same question, and Thank we you. each give the answer. They are questions pertaining to our relationship. Yeah, again, if you're yes. not a boomer who is eating hot dogs watching the newlywed game, let us now bring you to the newly <laughs> pod game. So, Brandon, the first question that we were asked is, where did you and your podner meet? Mm-mm-mm. Do you I have you did you you got it? I got it and I wrote it down. Okay. I I, mean, I wrote mine down too. Actually let me let me let's do the I'm gonna show I'm gonna I wrote it down, but I wanna write it down again to show you. Okay. I wanna like I wanna like big big paper. Alright. Big paper show you. And obviously we should have did this before. We should have done this before, but it's fine. We're improvising. Yeah. All right, you ready? I might read the rest of them. Okay. You ready? ready? One, One, two, two, three. three. Would you put. No. Oh, is it Braxton's house? Yes. Right, so, you said. so I wrote down the U.S. Army All American game that Brandon and I both played in in high school in 2008 with like 13 yes. of our other future Notre Dame classmates. And Brandon correctly pointed out, and shame on me for regret for forgetting all of the recruiting visits that we all went on before that, and Braxton Cave, who was starting center for three years at Notre Dame, South Bend and Penn High School's very own, he lived right by campus in the greater South Bend, Granger, Mishawaka area, and so he would, and his parents would graciously host all of us, and we did, in fact, meet out there by that big-ass bonfire that Braxton's family used to have in the backyard. Thank you. Thank you. I just know that just because I was close to Braxton, obviously he's center, uh, nose guard, and... I think his dad worked in Louisville randomly while I was getting recruited. So I would just like ride with Mr. The Amazing Rick Cave uh, to and from Louisville to South Bend and hang out with Braxton. And all the recruits would just come through Braxton's house because he was the, the the big name recruit from in South Bend uh, at Penn High School holding shit down. And I think I met you and Goody, John Goodman, on the same weekend and got your guys' numbers on my phone and things like that. And I was like, oh. Cool. These guys play football. They they they're looking at Notre Dame, and that rest, was the extent of it at that point in time. And the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> All right. Next question. What's the first movie you and your partner saw together? Okay. Now I'm just gonna say this one out loud because we got we got them right, written down. All right. Okay. Actually, can we, you wanna do no, it? I was gonna say. Are you gonna do? You gonna say it? All right. One, two, three. Iron Man. Zach and. Zach and Mary make a porno. Was it really it? <laughs> I don't know. That's what it was that we all know we can validate. Because obviously, obviously uh, we go to the movie theaters a lot. 
uh, well, and as, as a youth in, in college. And I thought that because but, you and I both had talked about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Iron yes. Man came out 2008, our freshman year. Yes. Now, we probably did because I was actually going to say if it was in the theaters, it was probably one of the Harry Potter the, uh, new cut. You know what I mean? Like whatever yeah. the newest Harry Potter movie was because we was deep in there. But I was talking, I was thinking about like honestly knowing that I sat down and watched the movie with you. I came over to the house and uh, you, Dane, there was a bunch of people. Y'all like, you got to watch this movie. It's hilarious. Seth Rogen's in it. And it was Zach and Miri make a porno. And we just, I remember just sitting in the living room watching a full length film with all you guys and I was like, yeah, this was this was a this was a good time. It was a funny movie. I think the reason my that also 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 came out in 2008. I think probably reason, probably probably red boxed at that point in time. Probably. I think the reason my vision was so clouded on this by the way is because the number one thing I think of watching with you is in the basement of the student center watching the game on BET. <laughs> When we were supposed to be studying, we would just pull up the computer and watch episodes of the game on BET oh, and learn man. BET cuss words. Shout out to Kelsey Grammer, mm. writing writing a uh, great great uh, entertainment for 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 the minorities. Okay, but right. uh, yes, that was a good time. All right, next question: Kay. Which celebrity couple are you and your partner most like? Okay, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna you go first. I wrote down literally the first thing that came to mind and said Will and Jada. <laughs> I hate you so much. You're so stupid. I don't know. I don't know which oh of us is which. Yeah, I think yeah, you're you're the one constantly defending me. I can I'm, say I'm I think I, I I'm think just, I'm definitely Will. Yeah, I'm just sitting over here being fine as hell with my bald head. Uh, I actually do got uh, got some hair growth. I wrote down Nick Lachey and Jessica Simpson. They had a pretty, didn't they have a pretty bad breakup though? <laughs> they had a bad breakup at the time, but when they was together, it was they were beloved. And I think I like it because I think you were probably Nick Lachey in the relationship because I feel like Jessica Simpson got a bad rap for being dumb, but it was just because she was next to Nick who knew what he was talking about. And Jessica just never knew what she was talking about. So that's where I'm at. It I'm, is, I'm, I'm, I think it I'm is funny that there. we're playing the newlywed game and their show was newlyweds. Oh my god! Which, I didn't think about that. I, I literally was trying to. I was gonna. I was actually gonna go. Uh, first thing that popped in my head was Courtney and Travis, uh, and, and uh, but I, I there's no there's no there's no, yeah, no substance to it. No, and no substance that we want to get into based on recent headlines of those two. I can tell you that much. But uh, Woo. uh yeah, no, True um, yeah, God, that show was like a very foundational part of, I think so many people's lives and celebrity culture so at that good. point. Nick Lachey, by the way, getting fully back into the scene, him and uh, Vanessa, his new wife are the hosts that choose <laughs> violence on the most dating shows on Netflix ever. They just go on here and they are the biggest shit stirrers of every host I've ever seen. It's remarkable. Television. I love it. Oh, the, the reunion show of love is blind oh. season three, Nick Lachey season two. Oh, season two, yes. Uh, Nick Lachey versus, uh, I don't even, I forgot dude's name, but he came hard. Um, okay, next one. I'm, I'm going right. to bring it up to you. Next one. Yes. Do you and your partner have a song? And if so, what is it? So. I don't think we have a song. We don't have a song. We don't have a song. I no. will tell you the song that. Ooh, we got that, we got that right. They say us. Ass. 
<laughs> Never mind. Go ahead. What? Never mind. Um, I was. <laughs> I, it reminds me, and I'm forgetting the name of the the actor that's on those new Pizza Hut commercials. And he's like, "No one at Pizza Hut. That's like, this is what you sound oh. like." Craig Robinson. Yes, Craig Robinson. So good. Yeah. Oh my. No one at Pizza Hut. That's what you sound like. Yeah, like so good. Um, I don't wait to talk to somebody about those commercials. They're so good. Oh my god, All so right. good. But the one song I, I I posited if we were to have one is I just remember distinctly coming off the bus with you at a pep rally, and I want to say it was before we played our night game at Michigan, so it was before we left there. Uh, would have been uh, Mercy, the, like the Kanye West mega track with everyone on it. Because I just remember walking off the bus after that song came out, and it slapped so impossibly hard, and you and I were singing it, walking off of like bus four or whatever we were on at that point because we weren't playing. <laughs> yes, that that was that. I mean, that entire. I think that South South. Uh, we played USC at, at the end of the season. Was it? Was it in senior year? Junior year, junior at junior year. year. And uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy came out, and everybody was on the bus listening. It was just it was just an amazing time. Such a good time. That was a, that was um, a time. The biggest thing I remember from when that album came out, too, was that the Notre Dame Observer newspaper said it was the greatest hip-hop album ever. And I just remember thinking, man, I don't know if you're the publication qualified <laughs> to make that assertion. Based on Notre <laughs> oh Dame's demographic gosh. makeup, I don't know who wrote that article, so I can't fully speak to it. But at the same time, right. I feel like I kind of knew it. I felt like it was kind of out of bounds. Notre Dame's Observer, uh, Complex, XXL, you know, all, yeah. all, all in the same. <laughs> all noted uh, hip-hop publications. I was going to say, I love your girl from the drink. Ooh. Do you Ooh. remember? I used to, I used to, I used to, I used to sing... That hell out of that. And I think this is probably even before I started drinking in college. It was like everybody else was just drinking. And I was like, well, let me play a song that I really like and I can act an ass. And everybody's all drunk, so they're going to really enjoy it. I love your girl, but dream. Edit it or not. Got great, it. Great, great song. That's a great pull on that one. Honorable mention to um, to um, Cat Daddy by the Rejects because we learned oh. that song. To do the his- uh, we learned that dance to do the history of dance performance at Notre Dame's end of the year student athlete awards ceremony. So we've got a storied history. Eventually, we will release the tapes on that one if and when we find them. To. They're on actual CDs because again, we're boomers <laughs> that eat hot dogs. But we've got we got a lot of miles on this thing. All right, Brandon, last one here. This is a bonus one. I thought I, I didn't even really get the old this far, but I think this would be uh, fun for the for the listeners. Uh, you work together. But what's your podcast partner's dream job? Okay. All right. Do you want me to go first? Sure. I said I thought your dream job was to be a stand-up comic. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good answer. I think I would say that's means to an end. My dream job is to host The Price Is Right. Okay. There you go. That's how you say. So it's the first step in that process. Right. So like, I think this like one of those things I have to do. It's like just like oh, I gotta do it so I can end up, you know, saying, you know, come on down. Spain new events. Yeah, just you know, giving people opportunities in a lifetime, prize money, and all those other things like that. Deal or no deal is also on the table. But all those people have have had done stand up at some point in time. So yes, yes, I, I that is, yes, you're not, you're not too far off. You're not too far off. Um, Right now, I think I just have written down Joe Tessator. Just Joe Tessator with a question mark. 
like I know I know you've called games and I know you love calling games, but like I'm interested. Like, is it like how how t- what what is your what is your dream job, Mike? I think my dream job, and I like I've never said this like out loud in a ton of places outside of like to my immediate family, but my dream job is to own a coffee shop by the beach that sells um, special made greeting cards. I mean, how special are these greeting cards? Like they're like, like they're like not just like the normal like nice ones. Like they're like the funny ones that you see in the card section or when you go into like paperless or any of those like card shops or anything like that. Ooh, like yeah. they're like the fun ones, and I might even dabble in making some because I'll have more free time. Because once you get the staff up at the coffee shop, yes. you don't have to be in there slinging beans as much day to day. So yeah, that's the dream for me. But yeah, I mean, Joe Tessitore in this line of work would be a pretty good one. You know, whatever the analyst version of that is, but like Joe Tess to me, especially in the realm of college football, as good as it gets. It's a big game with Joe Tess on the call, and he has some of my favorite calls in recent memory. I Paper Source is also one of those stores. Yes, that's that has the one. like the really 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 cool Paper Source got like great that. cards, man. Hartford Prince uh downtown in Hartford has phenomenal ones. If you're around here, shop local, go support them. They've got great shirts and cards. So, yes. So that's see look, we learned so much about ourselves in this one. Take some of these questions, fire them at your friends this weekend, see how well you know each other, get to know each other even a little bit better. That's part of the beauty of getting to know your buddy on Mike and Brandon shows whenever we have them around here at Gojo. But Brandon, <laughs> Is now time to get this thing done with this, that, and the third. Are you ready? Yes, absolutely. All right. Let's start this thing off. I actually wanted to get to this. I'm calling an audible on this one because I wanted to get this with you earlier, and we didn't. Darvin Ham named the new head coach of your Los Angeles yes. Lakers. We talked about LeBron so much before. We didn't get to his new head coach. Brandon, where are you at on former Milwaukee Bucks assistant and former NBA champion with the Detroit Pistons, now joining as the Los Angeles Lakers head coach? <sighs> Happy's black. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't know much about dude, and I think it's more of uh, a commentary on the Lakers' head coaching decisions for the last upteenth years, where it's just it doesn't matter who's there because it's this, it's it's a disposable position. We're not we're no we're not in the Phil Jackson era where the head coach is making the moves that that put the team in the finals championship chair. So, I don't know, man. I, I feels like something – as excited as I was when Ty Lue got uh, <laughs> named interim for the, for the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, as excited I am about um, Mr. Mr. Ham. Uh, but, obviously, lineage is there, and I, I, I love an assistant uh, getting an opportunity. But your first opportunity being with LeBron James is, is – uh, talking about having an asterisk – it's on your on your tenure in your career. So yeah, I'm excited that they that they figured it out. But I did like whatever was going on with Frank Vogel. I thought I thought I thought without Frank Vogel, we wouldn't even won that bubble championship. Yeah, I, I think it's always tough. Like you mentioned, being a first time head coach, like Ime Udoka is going to very much skew what people think is possible in that right. time period. Just in recent, but look memory. at his pedigree. Right. Yeah, I mean, but great pedigree, but walked into a franchise that we thought was a lot closer. Now, he gets all the credit in the world for basically taking them from 500 or just below in the middle of the season and bringing them to where they are now. He's done a phenomenal job. 
I just don't know if that's fair because, man, what a different roster you're walking into if you're Darvin Ham in this Lakers team. And I think you're right. With a LeBron James-led team, there's always a question of how much the coach is actually going to be able to impact. Maybe that changes some now because he's older, but this team really is going to be decided by is Anthony Davis healthy for a long enough stretch of the season to go out and be the player they need him to be at this point in the aging process for the rest of his teammates? And is that going to allow Russell Westbrook to get anywhere close to a guy that can justify that $47 million that, according to Mark Stein, NBA reporter, pointed out that the Lakers don't appear uh, inclined to move on from Russ if it means having to package and give, uh, give up other assets in order to get rid of that $47 million contract. So if he's there, this really comes down to how good can Anthony Davis be and how healthy can he be in order to make it so that Russ doesn't have to be the main component of your offense and really the main driver of your team. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love for a coach to come in and make Russell Westbrook work with LeBron James and whoever else is out on that floor. But uh, and you're talking about Kent Bazemore, who is in his feelings because he turned down staying with the Warriors so he could be uh, a more integral part of a winning championship program with the Lakers. I just think there's a bunch of pieces on that, te- on that team, Malik Monk, and they can make it work, but I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping a coach can make a difference. Hopefully, we will wait and see if that's the case out in Lakerland. Brandon, let's get to that, though, because that is adding another fold to the legend of Nick Castellanos. Now, obviously, it hasn't been all great for the Phillies and him as an acquisition so far in this season, but he got up and did what he does best on Monday – which is absolutely baptized the broadcasting booth during some sort of somber, sentimental, or serious moment. Obviously, we remember the original moment, the face that launched a thousand ships way back in the day of him hitting a home run during the on-air apology made by the Reds' local broadcaster who had uttered a homophobic slur on air and was basically giving his final sign-off and called that Nick Castellanos deve drive to left center in the middle of that apology. We've seen it pop up a couple more times to the point where now Nick Castellanos has a reputation and that reputation got added to. So Monday, they were at Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia. It was Memorial Day. So like a lot of other places, they were paying tribute to veterans and fallen veterans in there. That led to Tom McCarthy, who is the broadcaster for the Phillies, setting up this moment talking about the gold chair in the uh, Citizens Bank Park. He said, the gold chair, which will sit vacant here at Citizens Bank Park, honoring those who paid the ultimate sacrifice. And Brandon, as soon as the ice left his lips, there was a bat crack and a home run, and he immediately had to go into Castellanos, rips one into left field, and it's gone. Solo home run for Castellanos. And so again, running down the time, God bless awful announcing for putting this timeline together. It was the Tom Brennerman apology for the homophobic slur in August of 2020. In July of 21, the Royals broadcasters were eulogizing a World War II veteran. And then in spring training, the Blue Jays analyst Buck Martinez was reading an apology from Blue Jays pitching coach Pete Walker for a DUI. And so at this point, if you were the broadcast crew, because Brandon, as you mentioned, I've been inside some broadcast booths. Occasionally you have to talk about people who have passed, 
situations involving, you know, something that has happened off the field, whether it is, you know, uh, a criminal charge or something of that ilk, you're always very careful about where you put it. Usually you come out of a break where you know you're going to have plenty of time. You're not going to be interrupted by game action. If you are in a broadcast booth and Nick Castellanos is playing in a baseball game and you know he is up at bat, you got to stash whatever serious thing you are going to do. That or if you are working for the Phillies and you want the team to do well, you have got to conjure up more of those because apparently he's going to crush dingers during whatever it is. Right. Just constantly read obituaries while he's at bat and uh, watch the magic, magic happen. Turn everything around for the Phillies here right now. Make- I, do, I do love instances like this. This is like it's, what I get out of bed for. It's just incredible. He refuses to ever yield an inch to people just trying to talk about the more serious subjects in and around our sports. Not on his watch. <laughs> not now. Not ever. Brandon, let's get to the third, though, because I don't know where this came from, but I saw online someone tweeting today slandering the great drink of Hawaiian Punch. Came out, and I believe yes. the original tweet said something about Hawaiian Punch always tasting dry, which is actually yes. what I've always said about gin, and I don't agree with in the case of Hawaiian Punch. Uh, no, they were they were onto something with that. That being said, I decided to put this to the test. I love the one guy that goes on the internet. I love childhood beverages that we have, you know, maybe lost in our way to adulthood. So I threw out the idea: one got to go between Sunny Delight, Yuhu. Capri Sun and Hawaiian Punch. And I thought this was an easy slam dunk. I was literally asking other people for a fourth to put in here because I thought Yoohoo was just going to be the consensus choice for so many people. But man, the Sunny D and Hawaiian Punch hate from so many of you out there on Twitter at Gojo Show, follow us, is stunning and quite honestly a little ugly. Uh for which for which part of which which side of the fence? Because I think the trash garbage that Claims to be orange juice, sunny delight does need to go. No, I'm gonna tell you. No, 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 no. If one needs to go, if one needs to go, is is you who? Okay. It's absolutely you who. It shouldn't have been existed. It shouldn't existed in the first place. Like I, I don't know what type of shit that they were trying to push on uh, kids for, at that point in time. Capri Sun obviously regenerated all of our, our bones uh, during halftime at our soccer games. So Vital. Uh, shout out that to was them. Bas- that was basically IVs for kids. Exactly. And that's when we needed the straw. Like you're not drinking that without the yellow straw. Shout out to the big pouches too when they came out. Oh. They discontinued those for whatever reason. But those things were golden. I will say the worst thing that ever happened was the ones that had the clear bottom. If you had had them yes. like sit in the fridge or like if you hadn't gotten them in the fridge for too long and they went bad and you looked in the bottom and you saw like the floaties, it really messed you up. Ooh, yeah. I ain't never seen no Capri Sun go bad. Now I don't want none, no part of it. I ain't throw away the ones in the refrigerator. We brought them for my, my brother's kids. They, whatever. Um, and then, but Hawaiian Punch. Now, I think Hawaiian Punch leads like leads the team in scoring in high fructose corn syrup. Like I think it is, is, is that and, a bad and, thing? and, and, and red 40. I don't know if you know, but when, when, when food color gets dyed, yeah. they use red 40. I'm aware. And Hawaiian punch. I'm saying, I'm saying red 40 has a little bit of a paper plate taste to it, which can feel dry on the tongue. And that's where I think it comes from. So I, and I, I 
by the way, and I, I, I just say this, this because I'm very upset with Sunny D because my dad pushed it on me for a very long time. We always thought it was juice. And I read the back of that mug one time and it's less than 0.5% juice in Sunny D. Yeah, it's 95% now, it's only, and it's, great. Mike, no, no. Sunny D's cold, got that beautiful cold and, crisp bite. Oh, Mm. No, it cold, 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 and out of a plastic container. Yes, but it's one of those things that needs an apparatus. Like I've never had Capri Sun in a cup, but I, I bet it don't taste as good as it coming out that damn pouch. Right, you're absolutely Hawaiian right. Punch, Hawaii, Hawaiian Punch is consistent wherever you get it. Sunny D should only be in those little jugs, like those little. Uh, speaking of jugs, those little jug water, little barrel things, little colored color water jug yep. things from from back in the day. I don't know what those things are called. But that's what Sunny D's on. Except for they try to sell Sunny D in like gallon form at the dollar store. Like get that trash elixir out of here. It's making people sick. It's giving people diabetes. I don't know how many foots and legs have been taken off from constant Sunny D consumption. But yes, and and you and you can wax poetic on yeah, you who because I don't even touch. I don't. I, I can honestly not, say I'm, I haven't even tasted it. I'm not gonna wax poetic on you who. It's not good. It's watered down bad chocolate milk. I won't stand for dishonoring of Sunny D on this podcast. Not as long as I live and breathe. That shit's great. It was a staple of my childhood. Every once in a while when I'm feeling a little frisky, I go back to it as an adult just to remind myself no. of what I already know. Yes, because I'm a big boy and I can take care of myself, Brandon. And you don't get to decide what goes into my body. All right? You don't get to do that. Okay. That's fair. At Gojo Show on Twitter. One got to go. You let us know. And... Obviously, if you've made it this far, again, God bless you. You have survived a lot on Mike and Brandon Day. If you liked it, and only if you liked it, leave us a five-star review. Leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Below that, in the comments, we love reading them. They've been very kind. We greatly appreciate it. And we greatly appreciate all of you. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.